2: I'm Sam Legassic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little. odd. This is the
1: This earth of yours will be reduced to a burned-out
0: cinder. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Oddcast, movies, music, and gaming. Here with me is Dreadful Danji.
2: Hello, I'm feeling particularly dreadful today. Ugh! You look dreadful. <laughs> ready to yeah, ready to spread some dread. Yeah, lovely. Um, <laughs> How
0: are you doing? Like like black goo. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm, you know, surviving um, in this weird world where. Well, I mean, you know, just imagine that you're in a world where no one can venture outside apart from delivery people. We, <laughs> where where your boss might have to wear a mask all the time (laughs) and you carry an unborn fetus with you
2: wherever you go I was right with you up until that point
0: (laughs) exactly this is where we live in but Hideo Kojima once again predicts our future in today's episode which is going to be about Death Stranding
2: BB don't worry It's okay, I'll always be with you.
0: Dan, Death Stranding. Had you? Um, I know uh, you've watched the old trailer. Um, yeah. Tell me, tell me yeah. what you know about it, or what you think it might be. I'm interested from like a layman's perspective on what you reckon you're in for for the next hour or so.
2: Well, you've been drip feeding this to me over the last few weeks. Um, I'm expecting something really strange. Um, basically the thing that I've taken away is that you seem to have a fetus strapped to your belly in its own sort of like artificial amniotic fluid sack. Mm -hmm. Um, So presumably you're trying to like save the world by making sure this baby gets born. Uh, Other than that, it seems to be sort of like scrambling around over rocks. You're
0: right about almost all of that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The fact that you're carrying this baby the baby isn't it isn't as important as you might think it is. Well um can we
2: just ditch it then and like <laughs> just
0: well, go on it. it is there for a reason. It's there for a reason. Um, so yeah. Okay. So I think because if anyone doesn't know, Death Stranding was released at the end of last year and it's got um Norman Reedus in it, who people know from Walking Dead. He's the main guy in it. It's also weirdly got Nicholas Winding Refn, who's the director of Drive. He's in it, mm-hmm. but just his like model. He doesn't actually do any acting in it. Same as director Guillermo del Toro. It's his model, but he doesn't actually do any acting with it. Um, so someone and, else does his voice. Yeah, someone else does his voice. Amy Sudou, I think her name is, who's the, uh, I believe she's French actress. She's been in, I think she was in Spectre, the James Bond film. I think she's in one of the Mission Impossibles as well. Um oh and I think she was in that is it Love is the warmest colour or Blue is the warmest colour or something? It's also got um Mads Mickelson who oh, yeah. uh who was in um Casino Royale, um he was the guy who cried blood. He's been in tons of stuff. He's Hannibal in the Hannibal series. Um Okay. He's in it. Um so there's a few Has there f- ever
2: been a roster of such uh A listers convened for a computer game?
0: Um, no, it's weird. I don't really, like, I don't really know why he's doing because they're all, like, mates or they've been attached to, like, projects he's done in the past. Like, Silent Hills was supposed to be a Silent Hill sequel, which was going to star Norman Reedus and was going to be in conjunction with Guillermo del Toro. But um it's just weird. Like, Mads Mikkelsen actually acts, acts in it. So does Norman Reedus. Even though someone seems to do the character's voice, Who's not Norman Reedus for some cutscenes in the in the thing, which is weird. And um, yeah, Nicholas Winding reffing is like some British guy. And it's just like, well,
2: why use them at all? <laughs> like, just if to like, I, please um, your Hollywood game. And I had all these friends. I would do the same thing though. It'd be quite fun to be like, I'm going to put you in my computer game, Sam, but I'm going to give you a silly voice
0: you don't have to do anything we're just going to scan you and then i can do whatever the fuck i want with you so, exactly hey, it's just a c- control thing yeah um which is quite interesting so so there's that so it's released initially just on playstation um okay with sony uh kojima productions hideo kojima obviously came from doing the metal gear series um, right fell out with konami um and went off to uh, To do this, basically, which was his first game love that game. I love the Metal Gear series. And um, we'll definitely touch upon that in this podcast at some point. But uh, but yeah, so he, he this was his first game out of it. Um, and yeah, it, when it came out, a lot of people loved it. A lot of people hated it. <laughs> um, and I can see why on both. So after having completed it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it actually took the world of gaming and put it on its head for me. At the same time, I I struggled to be able to go and recommend it to people to play because it is a completely different gaming experience for Joe blogs I think you have to be, uh, I don't know, like you have to be open for this kind of experience to enjoy it. Or you might want something different from gaming or just have a different, you know, I don't know, like a different expectation, or just want something different from a game. And if you're kind of going in there with that.
2: What's uh, so innovative and different about it?
0: Well, that's just it. So I think like how I'm going to, I'm going to try and break this up as much as I can. And I'll kind of talk about the world itself, the traversal of said world, a bit about how the game actually works. Um, because that's quite yeah. key. And then I will start talking about the characters and the plot, because that is a huge part of it. Um, And then some of the multiplayer aspects and yeah, and all this. So you have to really Sounds bear good. with me and, and strap in. So when it gets to the plot bit, which I'll kind of try and stick at the end as much as possible, um, that's when there'll be spoilers. So okay. Watch out for that. But um, I will try and keep it as uh, spoiler-free as possible to begin with. So let's take a little break, and then we're gonna hit it. So Dan, I'm gonna kind of gonna go into the the bulk of Death Stranding. You ready for this? I'm strapped in. Oh, good. Um, so basically let's start with the objective. The, basically the whole point of the game is you have to connect something called the chiral network, which is basically the internet, um, Ah. in a way, and you have to get people online and you're moving from the East coast of America to the West coast. At the same time, whilst you're doing that, you're kind of doing this because you're trying to save your sister who has been taken by a terrorist group and holding, hold, being held captive, even though she's kind of allowed to do whatever she wants and talk to whoever she wants in holographic form. That's the basic premise of the whole game. Okay, There's so much more to it, but that is essentially what it is in a nutshell. That's so,
2: overarching goal.
0: Exactly. Um, so the world that you're living in is America, but it looks like, Iceland, and not the uh, shopping centre.
2: <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I noticed that in the uh, trailer.
0: Yeah, it's all this kind of. Um, it just looks completely different. Part of that is because of this thing called timefall. Now, there's no more rain anymore. What there is is, it looks like rain, but it's actually timefall. And basically, it ages anything that it touches. And I think the idea hmm. is that the whole of Earth has been aged by this time rain that's kind of raining on everything. That's why the structural integrity of everything is at stake. Now you can get caught in this time full. You have a little hood thing that kind of goes up as soon as it starts raining. So it keeps you safe. But the idea is that you are a delivery man, delivering packages around and connecting people up to this network. So A lot of the packages and some of the vehicles and stuff that you drive, just general stuff, can be affected by this timefall and can be basically um, get worse for wear. And you have to, um, you get a uh, like spray that you can spray your goods with to help the container keep its integrity. Um, And you can pump resources into structures and stuff to kind of help it get back to 100%. Um, there is a reason for this time for, which I'll come on to, um, well, now, I guess, which is that there's these things called um, BTs out, the, out in, the, in the world, which are mm-hmm. um, beached things or whatever. So without going too much into the story at this point, the idea is that the Death Stranding was an event where this kind of purgatory world, which is called a beach and which looks like a beach or whatever, um, has kind of started meshing with the real world. So dead things are starting to come into the living world. BTs are essentially uh, dead people who are, you know, kind of being sucked into like the real world and um, kind of grasping for you for whatever reason. So they're these, like, black oily things that have these weird, like, cords coming out of them, which down the line you can actually cut. So instead of, like, battling them, which I'll kind of come on to, you can kind of cut these cords and they'll float away. Um, huh. But they're the kind of, like, they're one of the bad guys, let's say, that you're kind of having to deal with. Um, these sections are pretty cool because they will always be where time Timefall is because that's essentially the kind of cross between life and death, you know, that kind of area is where this time fall stuff can happen. It can be um, anywhere in the world. It can kind of come and go and you can kind of one point look at the weather report on your map so you can see where time fall is or where it's coming or when it might end. And yeah. the BTs kind of hang out in this area. You can't see them. They're right. invisible. But So how do you uh, deal with them? Well, this is it. So the reason why you can see them is because um, even though you can't see them, sorry, when you stop, they'll like appear for a bit and then disappear. So you kind of get a sense of where they are. And you have this little arm that kind of comes out and it flashes when there's a BT near and it'll flash faster if it's really near. And then it will go to like orange and be like, when like one's right next to you. And then you have to like press a button to like hold your breath and you have to try and crawl past wherever you're going. Um, And this little arm thing that's showing you where the BTs are are hooked up to this baby that you have strapped on you. So the reason why you've got the baby is because it is um, called a BB, which is a bridge baby, which is something that connects you between the um, the world of the living and the world of the dead. So it can sense the world of the dead and the BTs around you. Hence how you can kind of, see them and stuff because you're like hooked into it. Um, So it's actually a tool, put it that way,
2: rather than a person which kind of comes into the story a little bit. So you're you're just using it for its ESP?
0: Yeah, basically. But they come from still mothers. So mothers that were either kept on life support or dead, basically, um, that were having babies. So they're still these fetuses that are placed in constant state of... (laughs) fatality, whatever. Wow. Um, uh, Because they're not quite alive and obviously they're not dead.
2: and they're That's quite a uh, sick, dystopic concept.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Quite cool. Yeah, it is quite cool. So that's how you kind of see them. There's a part in the game where you have to give in your BB and you have to go out and do loads of missions in all this BT territory and you just can't see the things. You can't see them, you don't get a little radar thing, you're just walking around hoping you don't bump into one. Why, what do they do to you? Well, this is it. So it's super fucking tense. If they, you get ones that kind of, you get different types. You get ones that the normal ones are just like, like human bodies, like just kind of hanging in the air. And then you get ones that are like this beast and you see it's like paw prints on the floor. Um, But you can't usually see that. You can only sense if it's near, that's, you don't want them to get you. But basically if they see you or sense you or whatever, then all of a sudden it'll be like blue and this black tar will start to try and swallow you up. And Ugh. all these like figures like come out and try and drag you into it. And you have to try and basically get away. Um, now the problem is, is that if you usually you can get, I haven't, I've got, they've been very, very close to catching me and pulling me under. There's a couple of times when in the story, you kind of have to, it has to happen. But, um, Uh, I've not died properly out in the wild to these things. I've been very close, but I haven't actually done it. But they've pulled me, they pull you under. And basically the idea is that you will then die. But your character, who's funny enough called Sam, um, will (laughs) uh, will, is like a repatriate or something, which basically means that you will, if you find your body, you'll suddenly become like a floating soul. And if you find your body in this space, he'll come back to life. So you can't die, basically, Um, which is interesting and obviously plays into the whole fact that it's a fucking game. You know, it's not complete game over. But what will happen is if you're out in the wild and this happens, your body, because you've died, has created a crater in the world. Um, And, yeah, uh, so there is kind of like a consequence to you dying how, bi- um, how, so
2: it's how big a crater huh how big a crater
0: it's not happened to me but apparently it's fairly big um i don't think it's like you know akira style or anything but um i believe it's bigger than what you might think it is um and it does happen quite early on in the story with someone else um uh, that you see in a cutscene um to give you a sense of it but yeah um it's, it's interesting, but also that kind of feeds into the story as well. So that's the BTs. Those are like bad things. You've also got these people called mules who are human and who are basically like, um, how do I put it? Like, uh, they're people that have gone insane with like delivering and they're obsessed okay. with like picking up packages and like stealing from delivery men and just being a general nuisance. Um, and then later on, uh, there are these other types of mules who are basically just like to go around and kill people. That's towards like the end game of it, because you could essentially walk past some of these people. If you're carrying nothing, they won't, they'll just leave you alone because you've not got anything. But, you know, that's very rare. You're not going to really do that because the whole point is that you're kind of delivering stuff to and from places. Um. So I should say, so that's kind of like the world that you're in at the moment without giving away too much of the plot. Um, There are different um, structures and all this stuff, um, which I'll kind of come on to, but the whole point of the game is basically getting from A to B. There's bits and pieces in between that, and there are different things that happen with the story and different gameplay elements. But 90% of the game is, here's a package, you need to take it over here or you need to go over there and pick this up and bring it back here. And how you do the Chiral Network is you're basically delivering things to different people and then they'll go, thanks, I guess I'll join your network. And then mm. you, you get them online basically. And they're like, okay, great. We're part of the network. And then you go a little bit further, a little bit further. Um, so there are like big bases um, and there are like little people who have got their own like little, places somewhere, um, out in the sticks, but they're all like holograms. You very rarely see anyone in reality. Um, and how you get from A to B can be quite difficult. Um, so the game starts with you're just like walking. That's all you get. As you progress longer, you get, um, like a bike and then you get a truck. Um, bikes are usually the best because they're a little bit more nimble and you can kind of go over like rocks and stuff with them if you need to. Whereas with a truck, it's a lot more difficult. You get um, like power legs and speed legs and whatever, which are basically, um, you know, like not artificial limbs, but like stuff that you just strap onto the side of your leg and they help you carry more stuff. Or yeah, go around fast or they help you. There's a traversal one. So if you're going up mountains, it will help you climb steep slopes and stuff. They're all like battery powered. So you've got to be aware of that. You have like a stamina gauge. So if you sprint a lot or if you're climbing a lot or whatever, it will deplete. And the maximum stamina that you get will deplete if you're out for too long without resting in your private room. Um you can up it by drinking monster energy drink (laughs) randomly. (laughs) Um on the way, which is really strange. Um but yeah everything's kind of battery powered. So you can still walk and stuff, but you know, um if you're using stuff then that there's battery, but then you have to like set up battery
2: points and build them, which I'll kind of come into in a bit. So can I say at this point, mm. this game sounds a lot to me like Toe & Earl.
0: <laughs> How on earth does it sound like ToeJam & Earl?
2: Because the land looks sort of like Iceland. They're on earth, but it's a sort of very highly styled Green earth. pixel, yep. <laughs> you walk around basically picking up parcels. Yeah, yeah. And you can get things like that you strap onto yourself like rocket rocket skates and wings the threats there's a character that you can't see until fleetingly when it's right in front of you which is called that. the boogie man and then he goes boogie 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 oh, yeah, scares you yeah. Um scares you and you can not, not monster energy drink but you can drink root beer to uh, get your <laughs> get your vitals back up <laughs>
0: well who'd have thought that he'd copied a toe jam and L in such a (laughs) strange, (laughs) convoluted, weird way and they could have done it so much simpler. Um, I think I've just been thinking about ToeJamal quite a lot. I think you've been thinking about it for the last 30 years, (laughs) to be honest. Um, But yes, the main thing is that you're carrying all this stuff and it's all attached like your arms and your legs and you pile it on your back or whatever. There's obviously a certain amount that you can actually carry Um, Mm -hmm. and if you, you can't really go over it, otherwise you just won't really move. Um, but if you have too much on your back or whatever, you will start to sway and you have to like hold the trigger buttons, like the L2, R2, um, to keep yourself upright. So literally moving, just walking is tough. (laughs) If you're carrying too much, it's mad because you are looking at like, You know, usually in games whatever, you just press up and you're running through, whereas with this, you're looking at like, can I get up that slope? Like, I've got to be careful of that rock. Am I going to be able to get across this river? And stuff like that. And these are real problems. So it makes the element of walking and traversal, generally in a game, which is usually not even thought about, part of the, an intrinsic part of the game, which is quite special in its own way. And I really enjoyed that side of it. For a lot of people, it was really boring because the thing is, if you trip or if you fall down a mountain or whatever um, and all this stuff, you will lose your, you have to go find all those packages that you lost. And if you're in time fall, and if you're in time full snow and it's just buried in snow, then it will just completely fuck up your container and you'll probably be fucked Mm -hmm. and have to redo the whole thing, the mission,
2: um, the delivery. So I can see why that would frustrate a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's actually a bit tedious.
0: Yeah, exactly. But there are things that help you along the way. So you get like ladders, that you can put places you get like ropes and all this that you can kind of stick wherever um and you find it you know you it is quite quite helpful um and then once you deliver something you get like a little um summary you get like a little you get likes literally you get likes so the whole thing is based upon likes um and likes from who from the npc the non-playable characters um wow. you also get likes from other other players which I'll kind of come on to later Um, but yeah, it's basically like your score and you get a rating, um, like, you know, whatever a S which is super to like, well, fail, I guess I've never actually failed one. Um, yeah. And it rates you on like how quick you were and you see a little map of how you've got there. Um, and you know, the, how much you're carrying at the time and all this stuff and you just get all these different like stats and you get a little thing at the mission thing, which is quite addictive in its own way. You know, when you see numbers go up.
2: And all that yeah. stuff,
0: people enjoy that. Um, and so, yeah, you have got to do all these like little missions. They're obviously story-based ones. Um, so, along the way, um, you'll notice that there are things that you can build. Once someone's on the network, you can build more in that area. You you could build roads. Um, you could build like storage lockers. You can build watchtowers, which so you can see more of the landscape. You can even build your own private, like little um, shelter thing that you'd have in a bigger base. You could just build it out in the middle of nowhere. Um, you can have like a battery charging station. You could build a time full shelter. Um, but all this stuff needs resources, which you can generally find out in the world with like lost packages, or you can get it from uh, some of the bases that will naturally have this stuff. Um, you can fabricate anything there, and the good thing about the game is that it drip feeds you like stuff along the way. So you, it doesn't just let you have everything or whatever you, it will slowly introduce different, um, different means of like uh, guns, different weaponry, as well as different means of traversal, um, different options, different blah, blah, blah. So you you'll get stuff like a floating carrier. You'll have something that you can, um, that you can put all your stuff on and just pull behind you, drag along you. Um, you'll get like uh, guns that might, like knock someone out, then you'll get, um, you know, you can get like grenade launchers at one point, like, and all this stuff. So Mm -hmm. there's lots of, lots of stuff. You can get different cars and bikes and you can customize them and all this stuff. So that's great. There's that whole thing kind of going on. The most important one for me by the end game was zip lines because zip lines are literally what you think they are. You just build one, one place, one, another place within a certain distance. And you can just go straight from A to B, um, with well, no problem because a lot of the end you're climbing up a lot of snowy mountains. And basically I spent a lot of the end game past when I actually completed it creating a zip line infrastructure <laughs> around the mountains. Ah. So I didn't have to climb anymore. I could just hop on a zip line and go to any of the bases that I needed to go to, which is quite interesting. But yes, you need um, resources to do this. You'll have metal, ceramics, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And there's this stuff called carillium or whatever, which is basically okay. this golden material that's quite cool, nice and shiny, that is from like the world of the dead. Basically, it's like special material. And that's what this chiral network is kind of made up of. It's kind of connecting into the world of the dead in order to help facilitate this kind of internet between all these people. It's very w- weird in that sense. Um, so, one thing as well about your character, Sam, is that he's a bit special. His blood, piss, and shit. Um, and even the runoff from his showers are literally could be turned into weapons against BTs. For some reason, they don't like his blood or his piss or anything like that. Um, and you're special in that way. Of course you are, you're playing a game. Um, and so, yeah, in these like private hangouts, he has his like, he has like a screen where you can get all your mission shit, whatever. He has a little place where the little baby sits and you can kind of go over and have a look at him. He's got his, like, backpack and you can customise that. You've got your suits and your guns. And they all look the same in whichever one you get. But then you have, like, a shower and a toilet, which you will actually watch him use, um, which is weird. Um, And then, yeah, uh, you can rest up there and just do whatever. And you you also get kind of, like, a fast
2: travel option a bit later on down the line. Um, So does he actually collect his own urine and faeces to use uh within his
0: arsenal. Yeah. So he'll go you'll go for like a shit and it will
2: give you like a little thing will
0: go ding like to the side and it's like you've got a grenade. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, it's really it's really fucking surreal. What's even more surreal explicit. is that huh? how explicit are these scenes? No, they're not. They kind of cover it up with like a, well, this is it, right? Okay. So you see a, a, like there's a lot of like nudiness. there's a, a bit of bum there's no, like, nothing else apart from that. Um, but if he goes to, like, a poo, I think, he's, um, you only see from, like, outside of this cubicle, but it will have a Norman Reedus, as in the actor, the actor, actor, show called Ride. as an advertisement on it, which is really weird because, obviously, you're Norman Reedus playing yeah. a character called Sam, and then all of a sudden you've got this real-world advertisement for a real-world programme, tv program up on it it's fucking surreal the way that kojima does this stuff like, it's got monster energy drinks so the idea that in this post-apocalyptic world monster are still churning out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> energy drinks um so yeah i'm trying to kind of keep this um as simple as as possible um without it being too complicated um but yeah and you've got to think about like your shoes and all this stuff you have to change your shoes every now and then and everything so you the idea of just moving is a constant, you know, negotiation. You've kind of got to think about it and plan it out properly and all this stuff. I thought about
2: the realities and practicalities yes. of actually doing these things. Yes,
0: which people found really super boring and I completely understand why. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I'll kind of come onto the multiplayer aspect of it in a sec. As you walk around, there's like lost luggage for some of the NPCs. Also, some people, some other players would lose luggage and you can deliver it for them. You could deliver it back to them. You could put it in a storage facility and just go, I don't want to deliver it, but here it is somewhere safe and someone else can do it, Um, which is really weird. Again, I'll come to that a bit bit later. Um, And so, well, I'll come onto it now. So you've got, um, before I go into like the characters and stuff. So what's interesting about it, is that it's called a strand game, which is a whole new concept. So the idea is even though throughout the entire game, you're, you're, it's not multiplayer in the sense of someone won't just log on and play with you. It doesn't work like that. But everything that you do in your world has an effect on the world of other people and vice versa. So you might get someone in on the on your chiral network and you look around and suddenly you've got like part of a zipline structure that's been built by someone else in their game that's now found itself in your game. You'll notice that paths that are well used um, or that you've used before, um, instead of being just like a trail of snow or like, you know, nothing, it's just a path that you've just, used some grass that you've walked on, will now turn into like a more of a actual path. You'll notice that someone might have, whilst you've been gone and you come back and play three days later, someone's um helped finish off your road that you've made um how yeah and things like that
2: how how can this happen how, how do they know? Don't know
0: but the thing is and what's and you can actually go so in your menu you can look at your bridge buddies or whatever and you can see like whatever the hundreds of people that you're connected to in your world and all their like wow. stats and stuff and all you can put up signs that like you do in dark souls actually you can put up signs and with the structures people can like it And you can kind of customise them a little bit as well if you put enough resource into them. Um, So there are times where, like, I just put up a fucking, I don't know, I did a road or whatever, and then I've come back, like, a week later, and it's, like, got, like, 3,000 likes from real people or whatever. Wow. And you're, like, it's so weird. There's just people out there just using this thing that I've made, and it's just appeared in their world. Um,
2: So does it connect you to a limited number of additional players for the whole duration of your game or is that do you think in constant flux yeah
0: i don't know i think it's in constant flux i don't know if it's um i don't really know the science behind how it um actually works but it's great like there are times where you're just like walking around and there's like a bike that's there a truck that's left at the side um
2: but yeah it's been really helpful in some respects um,
0: well, that's what
2: I was going to ask. Can anything bad happen? Can you inherit anything? No,
0: there are t- there were times back in when it got first released where like people would leave like a truck that like won't let you get into a building that you need to get into or whatever. So you have the ability to actually dismantle things. So if something's in your way or fucking up your game that's just appeared in your world, you can dismantle it um, okay. and it'll just disappear. Because uh, there was a bit. Of, an interesting um, concept, huh? what an interesting concept Mm, it's really weird like i've never really seen anything like it before where you're having an indirect influence on each other's world and you don't and it's just happening like you have no real control of it and they're not there they're just like you know they're just weirdly just around but you're not seeing any of them you're completely alone and that's part of the appeal of the game It's it's very zen like the whole thing is very isolating. There's a lot of times where you're walking around, the camera will pull back. You see this whole vista of you walking through this beautiful landscape and then some music will just start to come in and it'll be this like atmospheric, like evocative scene that you're suddenly now part of in this game. Um, as you're trying to just, as you're just walking across this weird world that is apparently America, um, Uh, Anyway, it's strange. So that's kind of like, there's other stuff that goes on. Like if you, you can rest places, you can um, eat these. If you piss somewhere and enough of you piss on one spot, it will turn into these like cryobites, which are these little things that you can eat and up your blood level and all this stuff. It's really weird. There's all these like little interesting mechanics um, to the entire game. But that multiplayer aspect is really key. Um, And it helps you level up as well. If you build something that people, a lot of people are using. And it's great. And sometimes you're just walking around and it will say like whoever, like whatever ID, like blah 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 sixty-five or whatever has just used your ladder or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Wow, cool. So weird. Yeah, that's quite gratifying, isn't it? Yeah. It's weirdly like so on a meta level, the game is about connecting with people literally, and also within the game's actual narrative, it's about connecting yeah. with people. Um so it's very surreal. It's very weird, but it is strangely, um, strangely satisfying uh, in its own way. Um, so I guess that is a really, really um, kind of generic overview of what the entire game is about from a moment to moment gameplay. Um, exclusive, uh, exclusive, um, a viewpoint, uh, whatever. Um, so. going to kind of delve into the story now a little bit which is quite weirdly starts off you think it's quite convoluted and then by the end of it you're like oh it actually makes complete sense in its own weird way um and it is very odd so yeah let's kind of let's go into that Sam <laughs> Fuck. So I'm going to completely fuck this up, but I'll try and <laughs> I'll try and do it as much as I can. So I'll give you an overview of the characters first, and then I'll go into the plot. So you play a guy called Sam Porter Bridges, which is, in the first place, it's like the fact that you are basically a porter, and the company that um, do this kind of delivery service are called Bridges. Uh, which makes sense right. a bit later, but you're like, okay, like Kojima has a, a certain thing for like just calling a spade a spade. Um, <laughs> he doesn't, it's, he's not a fan of subtlety, put it that way. Um, so your character, um, and I'm going to just say it now, we're going to spoilers. So if you don't want to know about any of this, then uh, fair enough. But um, you have some kind of um, weird... Uh, like, um, you're scared of being touched by people or something. You have some kind of skin condition or some shit. I didn't really understand, um, where you don't like to be touched. So he physically doesn't connect with people as a person. There's that. Um, he has this thing called dooms, which is that some, what some people get, which is kind of like, um, a multi-leveled condition where you have some kind of connection to this world of the dead. Let's put it that way. Um, So you might, so he's like, oh, I've got like mid-level dooms or something, which means he can kind of generally sense when there's like BTs about, he can't see them or anything like that, but he can generally sense what they're about. There are characters which I'll come on to, which can control BTs. So they will have like the highest level of dooms or whatever, I guess. Um, Because they can kind of manipulate it. But the idea is that, you know, there's like kind of special people out there and you're you're one of them. Um, uh, you find out, oh God, there's just so much, so much that kind of goes on. So you find out that, um, <laughs> God, how do, I, how do I do this? There's a <laughs> character who is the president, right? But how he, it's basically done, it's done in such a weird way. Like they're like, oh, Sam, I know that you left bridges years ago and you're like working independently, but we need you to come back. Um, and, uh, yeah, the president needs you for something. He's like, what do you mean president? There's no more, there's no more America. He's like, no, this is the USC, the United States of cities. And there's a president. And we're going to bring America back together. We're going to, you know, connect each other and all this stuff, which weirdly reminded me of, um, remember the postman, the Kevin Costner film and the post-apocalyptic thing. And it was like the post office is back oh my God, like the post
2: office. And it gave these people like hope. I was like, yeah, oh, I, a little bit like that. I haven't actually seen the film, but I'm aware of it. And actually the whole time you've been talking about delivery and postman and everything, it's been springing up in my mind. Yeah. Head. It is
0: kind of weirdly like that. And, um, I'm surprised no one else has uh, mentioned it. Um, well, I've seen, so yeah. So you're like, okay. Um, and it's, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, the president, she's your mum." what? I Yeah, exactly. Like, okay. So the president is, is, is played by, oh, what's her name? Lynn, is it Lizzie Wagner, whatever? I believe she was in, um, is she like the Barnick woman or something like that. Um, is that thing? Uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, she's like Maybe. dying and she's laying there. She's like, you've got to connect the network, Sam. You have to finish my work. Ugh. And then she dies. And you're like, okay. And they're like, yeah, because she's dead, like these bodies blow up now, like we've said, like, you know, can happen. So can you go take her to be, um, burnt? You have to take her to this, uh, basically this sort little of place up on the hill and burn her. So they strap her up right. and you've got, they tie her to your back and you've got to carry your dead mother across, <laughs> across this like fucking hill and all this stuff to burn her, burn her. um, in Lovely. a crematorium or whatever. Um, which is quite funny, but um, yeah, I mean, but but I should say like before that um, uh, you're kind of like minding your own business. You meet a character called Fragile who I'll come on to. And then you are told, and then you have to, you help this guy out and he's got his BB unit and they're like, Oh, just help us burn this other body of someone that's died. And then you get caught by these BTs and someone's controlling these BTs. And then that body you are carrying um, explodes into a crater and you die. And that's when you realize that you're this repatriate who can come back to life afterwards. And you're like, oh, everyone's dead, but I've still got this BT. And they're like, oh, I'll well, keep that BT then. You can have that. Um, and yeah, here's the so All that stuff's happened beforehand, I should have mentioned. So you go and burn your mother and then all these BTs appear. And that's when you have this little BT sequence that you're in control of now. And you try and get out of there without being caught. And all this stuff. It's really fucking tense, those things, because the music changes, everything changes, and it gets like super, super fucking tense as you try and like make your way down. Especially at that point, you haven't got anything. You just gotta kind of get away from them. Um so anyway, and then you kind of come back and then you're like, okay, whatever, I'll do this current kind of network thing. And they're like, Yeah, by the way, your sister Emily, who looks exactly like your mother, but obviously a younger version. Um, she's, uh, been captured by this guy called Higgs who I come on to and, uh, yeah, and here she is. And she's like, Hey, Hey, can you come save me? You've got to travel the same route I did get people on this network and then get all the way to the West coast, save me from these terrorists and just basically connect up the whole of America. Cool. Cool. And you're like, okay, fine. Um, (laughs) So they're like, yeah, to do that, you have to slowly, you know, unlock and whatever and get to X, Y, Z and all this. And obviously explain the entire plot for the whole thing. She's like, okay, fine. At the same time, like you're getting these weird like flashbacks or dreams or whatever, where you're on the beach, which is essentially this purgatory. You're holding like this baby. You're having weird things of when you're like a kid and and Emily, who looks exactly the same, is like, oh, don't cry, blah 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 blah, and all this stuff, and you're like, okay, <clears throat> it's very weird. And you're seeing these like, and there's a shot where there's like these five like they look like BTS or something that like, in the sky, very far away, and you're like kind of looking out at them as they're like looking back at you. It's a really cool shot, and that kind of comes into, um, you know, you start, you realise who they are a bit later on. Um, so anyway, the majority of the game is you're doing all these, um you're meeting these people along the way, you're trying to find out a bit more about the Death Stranding and, you know, you're getting these people online. Um, Higgs is this guy who's basically like the kind of more the um, antagonist, let's say. He's got this like Mm -hmm. golden mask and he's like saying all these fucking normal bad guy things. Um, And he can control BTs. So he like every now and then you get a boss battle against like a fucking huge like... BT monster. And he's like the one kind of controlling it. Um, and he's saying things that you're just like, I don't understand what you're saying. Um, but it becomes a bit more relevant to the plot later on. And that's quite interesting. So he's kind of popping up every now and then. Um, but yeah, the, for the most part, you're just kind of, the whole idea of it is that you're meeting these new characters and that you're connecting with them. So you've got, um, you've got your boss who essentially gives you all the tasks to do who's called Die Hardman. Um, and he's this like guy with a mask. Um, and he's the one that kind of gives you your missions. And he's the one like, you know, your general, let's say. You're like, here, you've got to do this and do that now. and You do as you're told. Um, so he's one guy. You find out later he has a bit more of a part to play in terms of your history. You've got this guy called Deadman. That's the Guillermo del Toro guy. He's basically like a Frankenstein of bits of body parts made together. And he's obsessed with death um, because he doesn't have a beach because he's not really alive or dead. He's like this kind of weird Frankenstein's monster. So whenever okay. he's like, people talk about beaches, he's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't have a beach because I don't really have a soul. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, You've got Fragile. Fragile has her own like delivery service thing that you end up trying to use. She can, she has this dooms thing as well, but she can actually like transport you places. And she comes quite key later on um, through her beach or whatever, because all beaches are connected in their own weird way in this weird afterlife. Um, And she's like got this history with Higgs where she was tricked by Higgs into delivering a nuclear bomb or something to a city and it went off (laughs) and destroyed the city and everyone hates her um and then he tried to trick her into doing it again and she realized what he was doing and she threw this nuclear bomb into a pit of tar um but he let her do it basically he gave her a choice of like he was like cool you can either let this bomb go off and we'll just call it quits or you can throw it into this pit of tar stuff this dead full shit whatever time full stuff But you have to walk through this time full rain with this mask on. So she's like, okay, I'll do that then. So the idea, even though you don't really see it properly, is that her body is basically like the woman from The Shining, but her face and head are like all is all young and pretty. So that's why she wears this like she's completely covered up um, Mm -hmm. when you see her. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of messed her up mentally as well. So she's like one character. You've got her, you've got um, Hartman, which is Nicholas Winding Reference character who you meet quite later, fairly late into the game. And he's kind of like the historian. He's like the science guy from that aspect of it. He's trying to figure out the Death Stranding. Um, And he dies every 20 minutes for three minutes. Then he comes back. And in those three minutes, he searches the beach um, for his wife and kid who died. Um, And then he gets brought back to life. And then he has another 20 minutes of doing whatever. And then he dies for another three minutes. So it's weird because there's like, you go and see him. And then he's like, okay, cool. I'm just going to go die over here. And then he'll wait back. Mm-hmm. And then you can look around his room and he wakes back up and he's like, okay, cool. So as I was saying, um, mm-hmm. which is really weird. Um, then, uh, yeah. But so the kind of main thing that's happening throughout is that when every time you plug into your BB before you go out, you get these little flashbacks of like being, um, uh, being the BB in a hospital room, and Mads Mikkelsen is like talking to you, um, and basically being like, "Oh, we'll be out of here soon," and like, and all these like little soliloquies, and there's loads of them. There's like I don't know, like thirty of them or something. Um, each time you plug in, you come out of your private room or whatever you plug in, you get these little clips, um, and then throughout the game, basically, there's three moments, key moments where you get sucked into this weird whirlwind and mm. mad's character is like this war veteran and you get to play in three wars <laughs> so the first time it happens you're in world war wow. 1 and all of a sudden yeah. you've got planes flying overhead you're in the middle of the trenches and all this stuff and you've got to basically shoot him until he dies um second one is in um world war 2 I think it is, mm-hmm. and then the third one is the Vietnam War, and it's just crazy. How long
2: got, do these sequences last?
0: Uh, about an hour, um, each one.
2: I significant say
0: event. about an hour, an hour and a half. Um, and well, it sounds like mini games. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's these little like mini games, but it's like crazy. It's like all this stuff is happening around you, and you go from these really like quiet little bits, and all of a sudden you're out in the war. But it only happens those three times, um, and so this guy's called Cliff. And you're not really sure like what he has to do with your story until near the end. And the whole time, like dead man, the Kiyama Dottori character is like, oh, there's something, your BB is all like strange. Uh, It's really weird. I don't really understand it. Um, And it must be having something to do with the fact that you're connected to him and you're remembering stuff about this cliff guy. We'll find out what happens there. And you're finding out about this conspiracy about how, the use of BBs wasn't something, you know, that was really condoned or whatever. It's actually a bit evil, obviously. And <laughs> um, you find out that Cliff was like, Cliff's wife and the kid was the first experiment um, that they were doing with a BB and all this stuff. And there's a bit of like, you know, ethics kind of going on here with all this stuff. I'll kind of come on to that a bit later. Um uh, well, I guess that's kind of it in terms of the characters. Oh, There's Mama as well. And Mama's like a kind of like, you know, inventor, like a science engineer thing. Um, and she ha- is connected to a BT of her dead child, basically, that died, in a, died during the Death Stranding. Um, and she was trapped in some rubble. The baby was kind of born but still attached. And it's now this BT that floats from an umbilical cord yeah. It's really weird. Um, <laughs> she has a twin sister. I forget her name. I should have written it down, but she has a twin sister who, and there's a part in the game where you have to like, they they don't talk to each other anymore. And then you kind of get them back together and they, you know, share a moment and all this stuff. Um, yeah. So that's kind of all the characters that, that happen. Mm-hmm. So basically throughout the most part, you're doing loads of these deliveries and all this and you're trying to make your way across the country and you're getting these little tidbits of information these cliff things are happening and all this um and basically what you find out is that um yeah, it's just it just gets really weird higgs is like it's like oh um basically the world is looking towards its extinction uh, the sixth extinction is going to come um oh. rather than wait for it to happen slowly. I'm just going to kind of speed it up so that we can just kind of get on with it. Like why do the mm-hmm. slow death? Let's just bring it on. It's, it's inevitable. So you're like, okay, no, I'm going to stop you, whatever. You can't just kill everyone. Um, yeah. And then you find out that Amelie, who is your sister, um, is the sixth extinction, isn't it? And what's known as an extinction entity. And it's basically like a ham fisted story where like we've had five extinctions with every extinction. There was an extinction entity. There was something that basically saw it in that made it happen. But each time that there was an extinction, new life grew, there's something stronger came up and all this stuff. Yeah. So what you start to realize basically what the crux of the story is, is that you realize that your mum, who is the president, um, and your sister is actually, they're actually the same person. Emily oh, yeah. is, Amelie is the soul and the president woman was the body. The body's died. So all that's left is like the soul. Um, it, yeah, I know it's really weird, but I'm like, okay. How, how's that his
2: sister? I don't... Well, it's
0: not, so it's not his sister. So he's been brought up to think that was his sister, but they're like, have you ever actually seen your sister apart from when you've been on the beach? And he's like, uh, no. But yeah, she doesn't exist. <laughs> and they kind of hint at it throughout yeah, the whole right. thing because there's a lot of people going like, I've never seen Emily, but you know, it's great that she's done this and oh, I wonder if I ever get to meet her in real life and like blah, blah, blah. So they kind of hint at the fact that she might not actually be real. But then you, yeah, apparently she's the like the soul version of the woman that's just died but she's like, yeah, I'm an extinction entity. It's bad, isn't it? <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you kind of have this like showdown with Higgs um, and you you basically almost kill him, but then Fragile sorts him out and like, whatever, and you don't really see him again. Um, and that feels like it's the ending to the game, um, but it's not. And then he's like, yeah, you know, I've actually been um, working for Amelie. She's the one. And you're like, Uh, What? Um, And then at the same time, like Cliff turns up and he's like, Hey, I want my, I want my baby back. And that's the baby that you've got. And you're like, you're not having this baby. So that's what all these kind of like war bits are about. You find out that like Cliff and your boss, this diehard man guy, were buddies back in the war. You're like, okay, I don't know what that's got to do with anything. Um, And basically what happens is that it turns out in the end that, um, amelie was basically sick of having visions of the end of the world and so she actually does she's like i think i just want the extinction to just hurry up and finish because i can't keep having these visions and just hanging on here just waiting for it to happen in this like weird purgatory um so you're like oh she is kind of the bad guy then in a really weird way um and then uh yeah. And then you find out as well that Cliff, Mads Mikkelsen, the BB that you've got isn't his BB. It's just a, it's just a baby. What the, what's actually happening is those m- memories that you're having of him are actually your memories. So you, as in Sam, with the first like bridge baby as such, and he tried mm. to, he tried to get you out of the lab and, you were basically like born. He he pulled you out of the unit that you were in and you were accidentally shot as you were trying to escape. Um, And you were shot by the president who was wearing a mask for whatever reason. Um, And her like soul version was just so overcome with the fact that she just killed a fucking baby, like a fetus, that she brought it back to life. But when she did that and took it back to... um, the land of living, she started the death stranding. So the reason why you're alive um, is is because the death strand, you're brought back to life and you caused the death of all these, <laughs> of civilization, basically, almost. Um, Huge revelations at the end of this. Yeah. So this is all in the end game and you're like, okay, great. And then with Amelie, you like basically just have to go over and give her a hug. And she's like, you know what? I've seen how humans will strive to make connections and how they won't just give up and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, we're going to kind of fight this together. We won't, we won't let it happen. Um, Although it is inevitable. Even though it's inevitable, we're going to hold it off a little (laughs) bit longer kind of thing. And and who knows what might happen? Maybe, you know, we're able to sort this out. So you find out those five figures that were watching you that you see every now and then across the beach are the five different extinction entities that have come before, which is quite Mm -hmm. clever in its nice way. Um, And then... Yeah, and then right at the end of the game, um, Die Hardman is made president, and he's like, "Oh God, I can't believe it! Um, you know, oh, I'm so sorry, whatever, and all this stuff." And you're just like, "Dude, you know, chill, like, just get on with it. Be a leader. Stop being such a dick, whatever." It was a bit of, it's a, bit of a weird, highly emotive, melodramatic scene, and then they're like, "Yeah, you've got your BB is basically fucked. It's dead." So you have to go burn it because it's like going to explode otherwise. And so you're like, okay. And he's like, you could, if you wanted to take it out, but that's illegal. But I'm going to like, you've got these handcuffs, right? That are like your, it's almost like your iWatch or your phone or something. has your information on, but they're weirdly, funny designed like handcuffs, which is just strange. Uh Um, So he's like, but I'll kind of turn those off. So whatever, you can do whatever you want in the next like 10 minutes. Um, so okay, so you go and you take your BB, um, but you don't, you instead of burning the baby body, you take it out of the thing, and you see if you can bring it back to life. It comes back to life. You burn your handcuffs. So essentially you're like off the grid now. And you go outside and you realize the death stranding's over and it starts raining. And there are birds and it's normal rain. It's not time for rain. And that is basically the end of the game
2: because you burned a baby because you didn't burn the baby because you
0: didn't didn't burn you've come to some kind of resolution i don't really 100 percent fully understand it <laughs> it's very like japanese mm. weird um but there are really cool sequences in it like some of the bosses you have like this i think it, you saw it at the end of that trailer um that you watched it's like 100 foot tall weird black gooey monster thing you have these like, mm. the kind of big battle at the end of the whole game
2: Like, that reminded me of that other game that we played. Shadow of right the Colossus. Colossus. Yes. Yeah. It's like that.
0: It's like that. Um, they've got another bit where it's like there's this big whale thing and you kind of got to jump over these buildings to get there, uh, to get there, to like move around. Um, it's just all this like really intricate stuff. So, like, the last thing. So, the last thing you have to do before you get to that big boss fight is you've made it all the way to the West Coast, right? And to like, Turn, switch on this like final thing. You have to go through like a pretty heavily dense, densely packed BT territory, um, which is like super like nail biting, um, and it's horrible. But once you get to the end, they're like you fight that massive hundred foot monster thing, and then it's like okay, cool. Um, we need you to go all the way back to where you first started. <laughs> and you're like okay, and they're like yeah, and you can't use um, uh, you can't use the quick thing you have to literally like walk or drive or whatever all the way back east so you're like Mm. okay um but they're like yeah but all your structures are basically gone (laughs) so it's like okay so it's weird because you've taken all that time to go back and then at the end the the fact that you venture all the way to where you began and along the way like the world around you starts to turn into basically it's like pure bt territory and all the kind of bosses you fought before there's now like three of them and you're trying to like get away from them. And you've got like guns and assault rifles and grenade launches and all this shit that you kind of can put in with your own blood and all this um, to help like destroy them. But it's really tense and it's such like a struggle to go all the way back east to where you began. And when you when you go back to like the original bit, you think, well, I haven't been here for like 50 hours of gameplay. Do you know what Christ. I mean? And it's like... It's not a bit demoralising
2: though. I think... I might give
0: up at that point. No, it's nice because it's like, this is all the stuff that I started with and like, look how much I've grown basically from, Hmm. and all this stuff that I've got. And I start, like, I didn't have anything. Like when I was right here where I'm fighting this the big boss of the entire game, I didn't have anything. I didn't even have a a pot to piss in. I was just walking. Um, (laughs) yeah, so it's, um, it's pretty mad, but, um, yeah so like weirdly in the end game I've been like building um like zip line stuff trying to upgrade my roads trying to like five star these different settlements everywhere um and they all have their own little um storylines as well Conan O'Brien is in it as one of the characters um these are like people who are like the people that you deliver to that he's put like other people in so it's Conan O'Brien um he's another one there's the oh, I can't remember his name he's the film director who did Kong and he's doing the new Metal Gear Solid movie if that ever comes out. Um you've got him, Jackson. you've got Edgar Wright, um, and just loads of other little people have like little um cameos, uh, which is really, really weird. Um yeah, super, super interesting. Um and that's that's basically it. I don't really know what else much more I've got to say about it. I've tried to like give it as brief and yet detailed um analysis uh that I could. And there's obviously a like a lot more to it, but I feel I feel like that's pretty much the entire game. It
2: sounds yes. extremely strange.
0: Yeah, it's very odd in more senses than one. Um but I understand why people fall off it. Because it's like essentially it's what's known in gaming as like fetch quests. Go here and get that. Mm-hmm. And that's they're always the mm-hmm. most boring things in gaming. You're like, oh fuck it, I don't All I'm doing is literally walking, but they've made the art of walking and traversal in a game, the game itself in its own or like a good chunk of the game itself in its own way. Um, Yeah, it's so strange. And like the way that um, the story kind of comes together at the end and makes sense in its own weird way is unbelievable because I didn't think it would be able to do that, but it has. Um, the fact that it's got pulls out like war action sequences mixed in with these stealth horror sections as well because some of those monsters are like horror movie shit going on Um, Mm. really beautiful just looks great yeah
2: it's just I'm just like man I was just obsessed with it I think it's brilliant one thing you haven't touched on very much is the music Yeah, um, which I've seen a few people commenting on should we um, go to Nerd Corner and have a muse on that? Yeah, why not? let
0: <laughs> So Dan, for Nerd Corner, I should just say, I've actually, I know we were talking about the Mondo delivery. Part of the Mondo delivery I'm trying to get is the Death Stranding soundtrack, both of them as in the songs and the actual soundtrack cool. score, I should say.
2: I thought it might be cuz uh, I was just looking it up and I saw oh, it's by Mondo. Mm.
0: Yeah, I haven't got them I bet through that's yet, in your Mondo but, um, package. Yeah. There's there i should say the main music that's actually happens in the film, you know, in the film, well, game and I say like it pulls out and you see like what's kind of going on around. The main band that are on that is a a, a band called Low Roar. It's kind of sigarossi kind of ambient sounds. Um that uh that's good. It's really nice. Um but yeah, the score itself, like everything about the game, I'm just mesmerized by.
2: It. I think it's amazing. Um so the score is by someone called Ludwig Forsel, mm. is that correct?
0: Yeah, and I believe he's done um
2: a lot of uh
0: a lot of cool stuff. I'm just trying to get his get his name up. Um but yeah, sorry, carry on. Um
2: well that's all I had to say. I noticed that they've done three different vinyl pressings of the score mm-hmm. by Ludwig Forsell. Quite interesting. The packaging doesn't look anything like uh, the game. It looks like a um, like a prog album from the seventies. It by Merillion or something. Yeah, there's these like hands in a sort of really abstract, surreal. Um, especially in the, like a gatefold sleeve mm. in this like weird landscape. With, like, some drapes, red drapes, and some silver balls floating around. Um, but there's three different editions. Which one have you gone for? Well, I would like to
0: have got remember. the splatter edition, um, which I believe is that it's one of them anyway you could get in a splatter. Yeah. But, um, no, I've had to get the colored one. It was the only one that was available.
2: Looks nice blue, gold, and red. Three LPs of this music. Mm. That's a lot. I hope you, uh, yeah, <laughs> you enjoyed it while you're playing the game. Yeah, you're going to sit down and listen to all of this. Yeah,
0: it's, I think as well. It's you know it's for the collectability of it as well. Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, I just
0: realised Ludwig Forsell, he did the soundtrack for Metal Gear Solid Five as well. That's what I've uh, known him for, um, which is uh, yeah the game that he did uh, that Kojima did before he left Economy, the Last cool. game he did, um, but. Uh, yeah I did enjoy the score I thought it was just be- beautiful it's just so weird because it's like most of the time you're just by yourself just hiking up somewhere just doing whatever and when that you get the bits of the music come in it it makes all the all the difference it's just really melancholy and um yeah nice very fragile but not too fragile
2: I noticed the um the soundtrack, the songs from the video game. Um, as well as low Raw. You've also got one track by Apocalyptica. It's quite interesting. Mm. I've seen them play live. Oh really? They're quite yeah, they're quite good. They do sort of like I don't know, they look like a metal band, but they kinda of play like four piece ensemble chamber music or something like that. Okay. Like cello and uh yeah. It's so all it's already like quite uh, it's beautiful but quite gloomy. Yeah. Yeah, that thing on the cover of that
0: one that you see, there's like it's like a necklace with like five, um, like black bars of licorice or something um, attached to it. So that's how you uh, connect up to the chiral network, basically. Is you kind of have this floaty necklace that you put into this weird machine bit, and then come into network, and you're always crying because it's chiral stuff. Whatever makes you cry.
2: there's a lot of crying in Death Stranding as well. Uh, a lot of high concept stuff going on in this game. Mm. Um, did, was it all just created by this one chap?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's that, there's that constant um, kind of conversation about how much auteurism um, there is with games. Mm. Uh, so like a Kojima game um, will have more people working on it than like a Hollywood film. So even though it's directed mm-hmm. by him, um, there will still be a ton of people behind that, and especially when it comes to something like a game, where, you know, um the gameplay itself and how that's designed and how that will work and be smooth and all that stuff. It's a lot of a lot of people that go into something like that. It's not just the same yeah. as pointing a camera and saying, you know, I want this shot here. Obviously, there's an element of that. You've got the cutscenes and whatever. Um, but the idea is that the story is him and he's very much like, I want this and this is how it's going to be. So, you know, um, he's one of the few like auteurs in gaming, um, or considered as auteurs or anyway, in gaming. So in reality, I don't know how much other people would have had an effect on that story, but to all in, you know, to everyone else, basically it's his story. It's his game. He's the main man behind it. I mean, it's, it's by Kojima productions it's his own production company okay. um but it's very kojima in a sense of if you look back on the games that he's done it's tons of ideas crammed in it's weird it's over the top it's completely crazy Japanese stuff um but people love it including myself
2: so what's your final
0: impression on the game it's for me it's one of the most unique and interesting games I've ever played that will stick in my memory forever, for sure. Um, it's bold and ambitious and it's certainly something that appoints defies how people currently understand what a video game should do. Um for me personally I found it very cathartic and engaging, though it's quite an addictive experience. And maybe you want to venture back in as soon as I was finished. Like I'm still thinking about it now. I've done the game. Like I don't need to do anything else if I don't want to, but I still just want to go in and deliver and set up more, you know, of a zip line network and do all this stuff. It's crazy. Um, Plot-wise, completely melodramatic, insane, completely unsubtle, and yet somehow that's kind of exactly what I wanted it to be. And it's a great game, and I could totally see why people would hate it, <laughs> completely see it. But for me, it kind of turned a lot of what I feel about gaming on its head. Um, same way like something like Dark Souls did, where... It kind of ruined games for me a little bit because it took it to like a whole new level. Um, and that's kind of what Death Stranding's done. It's kind of made me reinterpret how I engage with games. Um, and it's very, very wow. rare that a game can do that. Um, and yeah, and that's the thing is that it's like people, like, I understand the jokes and the memes of stuff, of like you've got this entire stack of stuff and you fall down a hill or whatever or like yeah you know you're just trying to like you know it's just how people are just like why the fuck is it so difficult for me just to like go down this little hill like this is the boss area or something um this is the most extreme difficult
2: thing i've ever had to do in my life but i'm like yeah but that's how it fucking should be yeah that's what like what you said it's just people's expectation of what the game should be which he sounds like he's uh Reevaluated and
0: uh, recrafted, yeah, exactly. And the, especially when you look at games that are released even now, like Assassin's Creed, where it's like press R one and hold, and he's just like flipping everywhere, climbing up buildings, <laughs> whatever. And it's just like that whole press up mentality of like, yeah, that there's minimal things you have to think about, like just you know. And it's weird, and that's I think for me, like the more uh, not grindier, but um, I don't know, the more I have to think about things, like the more effort I have to put into stuff when it's satisfying and it has a satisfying conclusion. I feel like I've earned it more and it has like, you know, like when I'm, when I'm starting with like this fucking huge package or whatever or something that I've slept everywhere. And then I look at the top of this snowy mountain and I think, I don't know how the fuck I'm supposed to get up there. And then you get there and deliver it, you know, and you've just been doing it by yourself or like maybe with a ladder or just trying to like sludge up there and all this stuff. There's something weirdly gratifying about it. That I just can't put my finger on. Um, and in the same way, people might do that and think like that was a what a shit way to spend like ten minutes of my life.
2: i like, well, a lot yeah, of people okay. did, Sam. A lot of people did. Uh, we've heard from you, but let's hear from some of those doubters and non-believers that in reviews.
0: I hate it.
2: Yeah, I think you're very divisive if you uh, check out all the reviews online. Yeah. Wyborn on Amazon gave it one star. Yeah, here we go. Walking simulator and monster energy advert. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. The game's very boring very quickly. All you do is walk from one place to another. Not to mention the monster energy product places are way over the top and have no place in the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the monster thing is just w- weird, and obviously, there's some money. You know, there must be some kind of figure attached to that. I think, like when people say it's a walking simulator, um, you know, I think they're saying it with like a, a sense of irony or something because a walking simulator is not quite the same.
2: Well, you say that, but I'm not sure Andrew has a sense of irony, right? it's a walking simulator <laughs> and you don't even get a dog to keep you company
0: no well, that is instead
2: true. you get a baby in it, ugh. instead you get a baby in a bottle a baby in a bottle yeah um and his review is called i got blistered feet and gave up
0: yeah well again i can completely understand why the baby by the way what you might like dan one thing i forgot to tell you is that yeah. if you fall or if you uh, don't know, whatever you get shot or something like that, BB will start crying. Now he will start crying out of your controller because there's a little speaker in PlayStation oh, controllers wow. now. So all of a sudden, I have a baby crying. Bear in mind, like That's I've had kids, so the sound <sighs> of a baby crying just it has does something to me anyway. Um, and yeah, and you have to push a button to look at your baby. You have to soothe BB, which means that you press the button to soothe and then you rock your controller back and forth to try and calm him down. Wow. And then once he's all calm and stuff, you put him back and he's, and he's fine. Um, That's amazing. It's weird, isn't it? But yeah, like really sometimes... Really
2: like, touches. Yeah, it's
0: nice. And sometimes like I've been sitting down with my wife and it's like the baby's crying or whatever. She's like, that is the most horrible worst <laughs> sound ever. Uh, why the fuck is it coming from your controller
2: (laughs) that's really horrible it's really weird Um, yeah Um, one more Mm. Uh, review that poses a question Mm -hmm. who thought a game could be so boring one star hello adventurer have you ever wanted to be a grumpy delivery guy (laughs) yeah have you wanted to deliver parcels across a breathtaking yet frightfully dull landscape. Do you idolise a situation where your only company is a baby shoved into a bottle that you strap to your chest? (laughs) That's specific, isn't it? Um, Can you go for 50 hours or so of pure boredom without letting your soul die inside? If so, this is the Mm. game for you. (laughs) Death Stranding fulfils your ultimate fantasy of being a post-apocalyptic delivery man strolling across some beautifully modelled, yet vast and devoid of anything of interest, landscape. There are challenges, of course. No, nothing guns blazing. You get to master the challenge of keeping upright (laughs) whilst delivering packages. (laughs) Other challenges in the game include trying to understand the storyline, surviving hour-long cutscenes and moments when the camera pans to some dire hipster dirge music. (laughs) Uh, There are, of course, challenges in real life, such as staying awake whilst playing, trying not to cry when a long cutscene can't be skipped and you have to endure it even longer, and the endless, endless boredom. Did I mention the breathtaking landscape? (laughs) The game is played in third person, so you can enjoy the full effect of the packages you carry on your back. Oh, and there's breathtaking landscape.
0: Yeah, oh, land,
2: landscape is breathtaking.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the thing is that I know what he's saying, and I completely understand,
2: <laughs> yeah. understand. it. One
0: thing as well about the cutscenes—it's true. Kojima like has a thing about these, like really long, like literally the length of a film. So, like, my the, I always remember Metal Gear Solid Four. Um, yeah, for which is on PlayStation Three. One of the first games I think came out for it. Wired anyway. Um, I believe that when you complete the game, it's a two hour cutscene. So, holy moly. Yeah. So, and you might not be in the right place for it. So, like with this, this was like an hour, an hour and a half or something like that. And it was like 1 a.m. So I didn't go to bed till like half two or something.
2: Can you not save it and watch it later? Well,
0: I was like, oh, turn it off. But I'm like thinking, well, it's going to. It's just that thing of like, you're just like, what's gonna end at a minute? Like it's gonna stop.
2: Ruins the emotional. Yeah, exactly. I want
0: to see it. I've got to this point.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah, it's always that fear, isn't it? Of like, oh, I'll switch it off. And then like there'll be a power cut or something, I'll turn it back on, and it's (laughs) like start me up in a new game or something. No, I fucking missed it.
2: Fuck's sake. (laughs) Um I'd say we're haunted by the memory of um eight and sixteen bit consoles. You can't save anything. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Or having a like having to have a separate memory card that you better not have anyone save over your fucking icon or whatever, um, yeah. It became a, a whole thing, or have it wipe accidentally, or just fucking lose yeah. it or something. Um, Leave it too close to a magnet. Yeah, as always, credit cardy magnets. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: was there anyone that loved it? <laughs> Apart from me? I mean, no, I mean, loads. I just zoned in on the bad ones. Um, to be honest, the ones that give it five star, um, which is 68% of the reviews on Amazon, mm. do leave quite long reviews, it seems. They really they have to justify it. That's like why. it. And they are very poetic in their <laughs> appreciation. Yeah. Um, one thing I think that everyone agrees on, even these bad ones, is that it is visually oh, yeah, it's great. very appealing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it just, it looks fantastic. Like, you know, and you'll see, like, if you look for, um, especially in the PC, because it's coming out on PC, it came out on PC this year, weirdly. Um, so, well, not weirdly, but as in, like, uh, because of what's happening, it is very current. It feels like Delivery Man in time by yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's starting to get some PC awards, I should say this year, 2020, cause It's 2021 now. And I believe it's got like a whole bunch of awards um, for the PC. But uh, anyway, but it comes with like a photo mode now um, and all this stuff. So some of the photos that you can take in game um, mm-hmm. and you can search for them just look fantastic. And it just, it does, honestly, like the scenery is just great. It's beautiful. They've done such a good job with it. Um, it's it's amazing. And I think it's so cool that it's supposed to be America. The idea that the America Evolved has but completely gone. It's completely yeah. disappeared. Um Yeah, and you're left with this now. Yeah, that's nice. Um Yeah, it just doesn't look like America whatsoever. Uh yeah. It looks great. Like Very Planet of the Apes. Huh?
2: <laughs> like Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to get a Planet of the Apes reference in, if I can. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um, um yeah. before we go, one five star review. Mm. Just one. Uh so five stars bit boring a game really boring game i sold it on after trying to persevere with it five stars Five stars.
0: of course of course of course um yeah i i would give it five stars um i I, when i talk to other people about it and other gamers and stuff um they're like oh right maybe i'll play it then i was Mm -hmm. like don't know if you should (laughs) like i don't know (laughs) i don't want you to be annoyed or angry with me if you fall off it but put it this way i am obsessed with it and it's i'm still like i'm thinking about switching on after talking about it even though i've done it and just seeing like even if it's to check in just how many likes i've got for my latest (laughs) all the stuff i've got up i wonder how that's doing now
2: how's that uh that tarmac drive yeah exactly you'd love all that that crazy yeah you'd love all (laughs) like
0: the fucking bt shit so all like the roads as well like have all this like black gooey shit like dropping from the bottom and all this stuff because of the way it's put together um it just looks great yeah and those bt monsters i think you'd like as well um
2: presumably the best um option for you at this point or the best outcome would be a second game is that coming
0: I doubt it i like the idea more that he if, okay so one thing actually like i know we're coming to the end but to quickly pick up on is the fact that sony gave him the vast amount of money to do this project which is no. crazy when you think about it um triple a big well i don't know but um i don't know offhand. had. uh but it would have been a fair amount it's exclusive for Sony as well. They've got it on PC now, but at least a year's exclusivity, whatever. Um, Or six months, maybe. Uh, But the idea that Sony were willing to put that much money behind Kojima is extremely impressive for a game that is extremely divisive, but he's literally Mm. made the game he wanted to make. And it's like its own little, like, it's not little, but like its own work of art. And I think that's amazing. And I don't want him to feel like I mean he did he after he finished Metal Gear Solid, I think that was it. I think he felt like he was done with like the Metal Gear series. Bear in mind he'd made Metal Gear One and Two, whatever. And then Metal Gear Solid. And then Metal Gear Solid Two, Three, Four, Five. And he, wow. he and after each one he kept saying, I'm not doing another one. But we're seeing what more what more Konami made him do it, whatever. But the idea mm. is like he's done Death Stranding and that's its own thing. And now he'll move on to like yeah. a different IP. I kinda of want him to do like something like like what Chris Nolan might do even though he did the Batman trilogy, which I suppose is his own version of Metal Gear Solid or whatever. Um, where it's like he now can just choose stuff that he wants to do. And I'd rather yeah. like go big and bold and upset some people and you know, but you've just done what you wanted to do and you've gone full whack into yeah. that. I'd rather that than um try and make something that's just gonna make everyone happy. Um Yeah. So you hope he'll move on and do
2: something completely different next game?
0: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't know what that might be. I mean, also like he's made different games before. Like this is quite some of the elements in this feels very Metal Gear Solid Five. Like he did like Zone of the Enders, which is weird. Like Police Nauts, I think that was him as well. Um, So you know, his whole history isn't just Metal Gear and Death Stranding. He's done other stuff as well. So yeah, I'm interested to see what he comes up with next.
2: I'd like to see him uh bring this concept to the Toe Jam and Earl franchise. Mm. Yeah, why not? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean one like in all seriousness like the the big thing, if you remember that PT demo that I talked to you about. Um anyway, that was him, that's that that? Kojima. It's a thing where it's like a demo and they took it down after like when Kojima left Konami and you can't get it yeah. now, it doesn't exist, but I've got a playthrough of me doing it. It's like one of the scariest things ever. Um I did not find it particularly scary, but there were some bits of, it, bits of it. A lot of people did, basically. But that was actually a promo tool to show off the fact that they were making a new Silent Hill game called Silent Hills with Norman Reedus, mm-hmm. with Kojima, with Guillermo del Toro. And I'm like, that's what I would want to see, some like fucked up horror shit and see what comes out of Kojima's brain when he's attached to that. Um, and you know, he was using, he was working with Junji Ito, who I'm a fan of. I don't know if you know who that is, the Mm, Japanese, I've got a few books of his upstairs. Um, he's a Japanese artist. He does the most fucked up drawings. You'd love it. Um, I sent you some stuff. So, and there was actually like a trailer for what Silent Hills might be like a bit of a promo thing. Um, and it's just really fucking weird. It's great. Uh, so, you know. For me, I would like to see what Kojima would have done with the Silent Hills, and if he can do a horror game next, then bring it on. I'd love that. It'd be brilliant.
2: Well, maybe he's listening. and uh, Maybe he'll get tinkering away as soon as he hears us. Yeah. Go on, Hideo. I've been saying Hideo. Get on with that's it. Hideo. <laughs>
0: um,
2: cool. I think that's it then, mate, isn't it? That is. That is. Uh, all we have left to do is reveal what next week's topic will mm. be. Yes.
0: Well, uh, instead of doing the, um, random randomizer, um, the fact that we watched Wonder Woman 84 recently, and it was spoilers. It was dire. So, um, <laughs> I think, uh, seeing as it's very on trend at the moment, uh, still hopefully anyway, um, we're going to kind of delve into that because it's really, it is really odd in its own way of being. Odd yeah, yeah, that it was made. Yeah, just yeah, just the way they've done it. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just so weird. It's such a weird decision um, that they've gone in with this film in so many ways. Um, and also it's very mainstream, but also it's DC. And no one really likes DC movies, not Batman, do they? Um, so, yeah, so I think we're going to have a little chat about that next time. So look out for that. Cool, cool. Thanks, everyone, and see you next
2: time. Goodbye. Goodbye.
0: Hey guys, thank you for listening to Oddcast: Movies, Music, and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album, or game put on our list to discuss. Then email us at oddcastodballs at gmail.com or a podcast at gmail.com. This is part of a new winter podcast network, so head on over to a to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at a Twitter at a and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com/newwinter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon